Hey there, fellow parent entrepreneurs. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us here on The Kenza Pod. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the co-founder and CEO of The Kenza Collective, where we empower and educate parents who are making the transition from working for the man to working for themselves. Our goal is to help you create a life where you have autonomy, freedom, and the power to dictate how you spend your days, all based on your family's unique needs. So if you're ready to hand in your notice and experience the freedom that comes from working for yourself, or if you've already done it and are in the trenches trying to manage all the pieces, you're in the right place. Be sure to check out kenzacollective.com for all kinds of resources specifically geared toward the busy working parent. And thanks again for being here. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Kenza Pod. Today we are sitting down with Esther Inman to talk about what it's like to be a VA and who might be suited for this type of role. And also on the other side of when it's time to hire a VA and just understanding when you might be time for you to bring in a VA to your business to help you accelerate your growth. Let's talk a little bit about who Esther is and we'll welcome her onto the show. So Esther quit her corporate America job seven years ago when she realized that it wasn't suitable for a military wife and mom life. She started working from home as a VA and couldn't believe that this very simple low entry level virtual career was completely unknown by other military spouses, moms, and travel lovers. After taking her agency to six figures, she helped over 4,000 women work online as virtual assistants around the world with her signature program, 90 Day VA. After living abroad as a full-time digital nomad for three years in Bali, Esther now lives in the mountains of North Carolina with her 10-year-old son and her veteran husband. So today we're going to be talking to Esther about a couple of things, like we mentioned in the beginning, how to know when it's time for a VA. This question has actually come up in our community several times now. Um, and then also how to find the right one types of questions to ask, those types of things. And then we're going to talk about what it's like to be a VA and who might be suited for this type of work. Um, and of course, here on the podcast with us, we also have my co-founder and partner in crime, Beth. Hello, Beth, and welcome. Thank you. And hi, Esther. Welcome to the Kenza Pod. Woohoo! I'm so excited to be here. I'm going to talk all things virtual assisting. <laughs> I love your story too, because it's so similar to so many, to myself and so many people in our community of, you know, just having that realization that this corporate life, this nine to five, um, working for the man just doesn't work. Um, and especially once you start having kids, it's just, it's just not doable. So it's a really inspiring story. And we want to hear a little bit more about your story before we dive into our burning questions. So maybe just take <laughs> us back to that moment, why you made the decision to sort of quit and go off on your own and what that's been like for you. Yeah. So, you know, as a parent, it's already difficult, I think, typically for females, um, because we're the ones that are stuck taking care of when they're sick, we have to stay home. We kind of project manage the home a lot of the times. Uh, so for some reason that we won't get into on this episode, we take on a lot of the home <laughs> management and home maintenance on our end normally. But then on top of that, I was also a military spouse of an active duty Marine. And so I really was solo parenting most of the time. He was either deployed or he was working nights, 12 hours a night. I mean, even when he switched to days towards the end of his career, he would be gone from like 6 a.m. until 6 or 7 p.m. So that's a very wow. normal for a lot of people who are in the military. 
as a military spouse, uh, you have extra challenges there that make it really difficult to maintain a normal career. I was pretty miserable. I was, but I loved having a job. Like I, I didn't really want to be a stay at home mom or just follow my husband from base to base. And it's fine. Some people find a lot of joy in being a stay-at-home mom. They really love it. They love to cook and clean and project manage all that. I hated it. I was so bored and my brain was going to die. So I quit, I quit my corporate job. I was um, crying every day because I was absolutely miserable just trying to do all of that. It just wasn't sustainable. And so I quit. And then in about three months, I tried to kind of find something. I pulled my son out of daycare, you know, his 12-hour-a-day daycare because him and his, me and his father were working all the time. So we never saw our child. Um, <laughs> so we pulled him out of that and I was like, okay, well maybe I'll just kind of stay home and we'll cut our income down. Maybe I'll babysit a little bit. And then I'm after two months, I was like, I hate this. This is not happening for me. <laughs> so um, I started finding work from home. I knew I wanted to at least do something. So I started virtual assisting and very, very quickly was very, very booked out, but had nobody to refer the extra work to because mm. nobody knew what a virtual assistant was or how to do this stuff. And I was like, well, is there a training I can send you to? Like, this is yeah. ridiculous. I'm getting paid good money and you can work around your kid's schedule and stuff. And there wasn't. So I just simply started mentoring a few women from base that were moms and mm. then it has now grown to we're actually at about the 5,000 or more student mark now. I need to update Ooh, my bio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that, the rest is history, as you say. <laughs> and what year was that when that really started taking off? Like, when did you start that company? When I quit my job was about seven years ago. We're coming up on the seven year and next month. Okay. Very cool. Well, congratulations. That's really <laughs> great. And you know, not only did you create a life and a living that works for you and your family, but now you've been able to do that for other families. And yes, obviously we gift. do something similar at Kenza and it's just as, it really is so heartwarming. And I tell Beth all the time, like, this is our opportunity to change the world. You know, yeah, this is our opportunity exactly. to change how parents can show up for their kids, for themselves, for their spouses, for their mm -hmm. lives, and also still be really fulfilled by having a career and pursuing whatever their goals are there. Exactly. So yeah. thank you for being in the world and doing this work and for, you know, rising to the challenge of all of that and for being such a great mentor for other moms and parents out there. So Thanks. Uh, it is our passion project, isn't it? There's it nothing is. else we would rather yeah. be doing. I know. It totally is. I'm like, oh, that pesky client work I got to go handle today. Then I'll get back to Kenza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> so I, I, I'm a person who's like, I'm in the middle of a move. I'm moving across the country. I've got a husband in Denmark, also a veteran, I might add. Um, so I guess that's all three of us with with uh, <laughs> with husbands who are in the military, um, although his was in Denmark. Um, but I am feeling like, oh, gosh, I wish I had somebody I could offload some of my work to. So like, how does someone know when they need a virtual assistant? Yeah, so... I, I think that people often ask that question because they're looking for a very formulaic answer. Like, well, when you're making this amount of money and taking this, then it's time. And it really doesn't work that way. Everybody's business and everybody's lifestyle is a little bit different. So I do have kind of three categories that people typically will fall into. So the first category is you are not really enjoying certain aspects of your business anymore. Uh, so I always like to use the example of, you know, 
Esther's been running, teaching people how to be virtual assistants and helping them get jobs for seven years now. If Esther was still answering the same questions about what's a virtual assistant? Well, how much do they make that I started when I was doing it all myself seven years ago? I would go out of my mind. <laughs> so customer service and answering responses on um, digital message, um, on DMs on like Instagram or Facebook page or in a Facebook group or in the emails, all of that. Like oftentimes that's not really something that's super enjoyable after a while, nor is it something that the business owner needs to be doing. So that's like something that I don't really like doing this. It's not necessarily making me more money. <laughs> that's a great category of things you can start to kind of offload. Another category is people that they just want to have a lifestyle change. So they're completely maxed out. They're not They're like, why did I even start this business to begin with? I'm just working more than I ever did before. This is awful. And they're kind of willing to hmm, I'm okay with making a little bit less money if I can have some more freedom and flexibility. So I'm happy to pay a VA $1,000 a month and I'm going to get all this time back into my life. That is worth it to me. I'm okay with taking the business, taking a little bit of a cut. And I like to give people permission to do that. It's okay. You don't have to constantly be trying to make more and more and more and more. It's okay if you want to step back sometimes and have somebody else help you with all of that stuff so that you can have a life. Like it's it's okay. (laughs) And then the third category is if you are finding yourself stuck doing things that are not really moving your business forward, they're not really um, allowing you to do the stuff that's going to either bring you in more clients, bring you in more customers, do things that are going to help you to make more money, then it is time to offload some of these things that's like, I don't really need to be doing this stuff. I should be going onto podcasts. I should be going more onto Instagram. I should be having more consultation calls, but I don't have time because I'm stuck answering messages or whatever. That is another sign that it's usually time to invest. It's literally an investment into somebody else because you're going to get the money back because now you're able to do more income generating activities. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I totally understand that spot of, for, for me, I have about 18 to 20 hours a week that I work. And yeah, within that, I have clients that I manage. I am a like part-time COO for a software company. And then I have Kenza. And I need every hour that I'm spending to be incredibly, like yeah. not just productive getting stuff done, but like productive and moving everything forward. And if yeah, I'm like doing strategic. something like strategic, like designing some random little like Instagram square in Canva that like is nothing crazy that someone else could be mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. Like that's not necessarily the best use of my time. And that's, that's, that's usually how I'm starting to think about it. Um, what about yeah. you, Beth? I'm trying to think of the things I can offload and you know, it's like, I'm, I'm just beginning. I think I'm just beginning this process. Some of this stuff is complicated. Like I'm the only one that can go meet these movers. Right. And, like write the check and like do some of this in person. See, stuff. some of this is a misconception though, because Ooh, that's not you about really to get true. School, Beth, you about to get school. I have a family, <laughs> a manager that works for my home that does everything like that. They even have mm. a card that they can use to pay for stuff. So oh some of it is about setting up systems and things like, yeah, things for the IRS, certain maybe checks, but do you like, can, can't they just tell you how much it's going to be? They can research the movers. They can book the movers. They can make sure your stuff's getting packed. They can track the progress. They can do everything. Like, you don't really need to be the one. <laughs> you just think you well, do. <laughs> well, right now I do because I've been away from here for six months. And 
I don't have anybody here that can do this for me. Yeah. And I'm about to leave. But um, I'm, just, and I I'm just saying it's good yeah. to have those filters set up to start to realize, yeah. like, do I really need to do this? You always want to be asking yourself that question. Can somebody else right. do this instead of me? And it will help yeah. <laughs> not to yeah. rag on you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I wish I wish I did. I was thinking about this this morning because I know it's like peak moving season. Just as an aside, I know it's peak moving season. And I'm like, OK, what if my it's the day I have to leave and like they still haven't picked up my stuff. Who am I going to put in charge of this? You know, like I, it's and I think I, I kind of have a couple friends that I could do ask. But, you know, it, at the same time, it's like, oh, my gosh, like it almost seems like finding that person is more work than just doing it myself. And I bet you hear a lot of that, too. Yeah, that's one of the mindset things. <laughs> I mean, in some instances, like you said, you're about to leave. And so going through a whole hiring process with someone wouldn't have made sense. But yeah, yeah. that's actually a really common mindset thing is like, oh, well, it's just faster if I do it myself. And sometimes that's true in the beginning. But in the long run, it ends up not being true at all. <laughs> yeah. I think when I get landed where I'm going, I want to make sure I get somebody to help me because yeah, enough, enough already. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> One question I wanted to ask while we're on this topic is, this is something that I was wondering about personally is, can you talk us, talk us through what a VA does or maybe what they don't do. And the reason why this is coming up right now in the conversation is, you know, you were talking, I think you used the term like family manager. And I know there's like personal assistants and things like that. Like, is there a line in the sand for a virtual assistant or is it just a matter of finding the right person for the things that you need to get done? I think the line in the sand is typically most things can fall under a virtual assistant role if it's you giving them a task that needs to get done. They're not going to be doing things that are strategic, like coming up with a project plan or coming up with a launch plan or writing sales copy emails, like anything that's more strategic, that's a more advanced role and you're going to need to find someone more advanced. But usually the great things about those roles is sometimes they're project based. Um, so it's not like, oh, well, now I have to have a virtual assistant and I need to have a full time project manager and I need to have a sales copywriter. Like you don't really. A lot of times you can have a right hand person that's I call they're called like a multi potentialite that can do all kinds of things for you. And they're really there for you and integrated into your business and your life. And then if you need other things that are more advanced, that are more strategic, then you can find somebody else, even if it's on a short term basis to do that kind of stuff. Okay, so it's not necessarily the type of work per se. It's more of just task related, yeah. sort of clear cut type of things. Yeah. Although, you know, I'm sure some VAs have certain like niches that they yeah. want to focus sure. on versus, you know, eh, I'm not really into taking care of your home's you know, tasks or whatever. Yeah, but that... like you get to decide what you want to hire for. So I just put, I'm hiring right now. Um, I'm hiring for an executive assistant who is going to do personal stuff for me because my my girl is moving on to do more strategic stuff, which I'm happy for her, but I already have those people on my team, so I don't have room to keep her. Um, and oh. then I have another person, I'm merging it with the customer service aspect of like answering things that aren't in email. So DMs, Facebook, e like other kinds of um, customer service stuff. So I'm merging those two roles together and that's what I'm hiring for. You can kind of decide what you want to hire for and then people who are qualified will apply. <laughs> you don't have yeah. to, well, is it a content VA or is it a Instagram oh, okay. VA? Or, I mean, if you want, because you want something who, somebody in those cases who is a bit more strategic maybe, um, then sure. But if it's just you giving tasks to somebody, then you can put the examples of those tasks into the job posting and if they're interested, then they'll apply. 
Is there typically a, um, a price point that someone should be prepared to pay? Like, I know it kind of depends on the amount of tasks or whatever, but should, is there some a number that you give that's like, you should be willing to spend at least $500 a month on a VA if this is a route you're going or anything like that? Uh, no, usually it's more of an hourly rate. The minimum, and I say this with a grain of salt. So I'm going to say the number and then I'm going to give some caveats. <laughs> so the minimum is about 15 US dollars per hour. The caveats are sometimes you can find people in other countries or other even parts of our country who are happy to make less than that because the living wage in their area is less than that. The other caveat is you are going to be competing with a lot of customer service and entry-level jobs. And if you want somebody who's going to be dealing with sensitive information of yours, like you're going to be giving them your credit card number and your social security number, do you really want to hire someone who's like also qualified to work at McDonald's? Like you have to think about that stuff. Nothing wrong with people who work at McDonald's. It's just something that you want to think about. So I usually like to start people at like a executive assistant, customer service type job, the one I was just mentioning, which is a great role to hire initially because you'll get a lot of stuff off your plate. Um, I start them at 18 per hour, but I allow them to very quickly move up to the 20 to 23 per hour as they increase their skills and what they're bringing as value to my business. I set up my entire own pay scales document of like, once you're doing this level of duties, then you get to move up to this level. And then you can do it. I just did this. It was really fun. <laughs> um, and so then from there, if you're if you are wanting somebody who's maybe more than just like executive assistant e and customer service type tasks, I would say it's it's between the 23 to 25 per hour now. Um, and then all the way up to 30, depending on how much they can do for you, how good they are, things like that. You can also find people at a flat rate. So I have one person who does content for me, a very specific batch of content per month, and I pay a flat rate for all of that content per month. So that's another way you can work. It's not really like, oh, you should plan as many $500 a month. No, but I think that people don't really want to work less than five hours a week for somebody. That's kind of the minimum. I say three to five hours a week minimum for somebody. Um, otherwise it starts to be kind of dumb, but you could totally find people who will work three to five hours a week. Like the moms that we were talking about earlier, they're quite happy to do that. And maybe they have one or two people that they do that for. So no amount of work is too small, so to say, but I would keep it at least around, you know, like 20 hours a month is usually a good minimum. Okay. That makes sense. So do you have, so you've trained all these people. Do you have some kind of directory where like people could go and check out a bunch of different VAs or, or like what's the best way to find a VA? Yeah. So there's lots of options, but if you want to hire my people, um, you can go to virtualassistantinternship.com and you'll see a little button that says hire a VA. And we have a form where you can post your jobs for free. That goes to my students. And then we also have placement services that we offer where we'll um, collect resumes and we'll even do interviews on your behalf and place somebody with you. And we do that with our students. So we know that the caliber of them is high quality. That's great. Yeah. But other places you could go is like, you can just post your job to a remote job board like everybody else does. <laughs> um, you can go, there's virtual assistant Facebook groups. You can go and post your job in there. There's freelance Facebook groups, like all kinds of places that you can post your job if you are looking to hire. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Before we transition into the other, you know, behind the scenes of what it's like to be at VA, when let's just close the loop here on if So I think we understand, you know, when it's maybe time to hire a VA, how much maybe you should be setting aside budget-wise and just kind of expectations there. Um, and then let's say you get to the stage where you are, you know, starting to interview and hire someone. 
do you have any pro tips or best practices of how to make sure that you're finding the person that's not just able to do the task, but is going to be a good fit for you? Um, any like red flags or anything like that? You can share <laughs> I have with so us? many. Um, this is why I think people <laughs> use our placement services is because sometimes they've had a bad experience themselves or they um, didn't realize how much work it is to hire. It's like if you post to remote job boards, you're going to get sometimes hundreds of applications. <laughs> Oh, wow. So it's a lot. It can be a lot. So, But some of my tricks are, think, keep in mind, you want to have people filter themselves. So don't just collect resumes to your email. Don't do that. I did that the first time I hired and it was terrible. Okay, so you, I'm, you guys are also learning from my bad decisions here as I built, as I built my <laughs> remote team. You want to have a form that they fill out, which you could make. We make ours on Airtable, but you could make it on a Google form. They can attach their resume there and ask some questions. Ask, why do you think you're a good fit for this team? Or ask a sample task like I did. How would you respond to this customer service message? Write a type up a response. Mm. Nothing too long, especially if it's for like 20 or less per hour. You don't want to waste people's time um, with too much. But like you can put that in there. And then my secret hack that I like to give to everybody (laughs) is I will include something like how many times did I use the word trustworthiness in the job posting? And they have to go and count and find. It shows that they're paying attention. It shows they have attention to detail. It shows that they care. And so now I get all these people and I use Airtable because it puts them into like a a Excel spreadsheet style looking table. And I can literally go down and see, okay, I mentioned it three times in the job posting, the word trustworthiness. So I can just see everybody who didn't put the number three and they're automatically out. So you can filter people really, really quickly that way. Or like all these people gave me two word answers to this question. Those people are out. And so now all of a sudden, instead of 50 applicants, you're down to less than 10 that you actually need to look at. And you will be, people think, oh, it's going to be so hard. Like who's going to want to work for me this job? Like some of the stuff you get is just painful. I once had person apply to be my family manager and they said, well, I don't have a resume, so I just attached a picture of myself. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not <A> joking. <laughs> yeah, not even a headshot, just like a, a selfie. selfie. <laughs> and then I've had other people who say, like, why do you, what, what do you think you could contribute to the company or why do you want to work for my company? And another red flag you can look for is people who make it all about themselves, like how awesome they are, how great they are at this, they're blah, blah, blah. You want people who are paying attention to your website, your found foundations of your company, what you have to offer and are integrating that into their responses. So those are some things you can look for and try. Yeah, I agree. It's, we, um, we actually looking for a podcast producer right now, a podcast manager. You should and post your job to my students. It. I teach them how to do I that. Okay. <laughs> I posted it in a different thing. And just like you said, I got, I didn't get hundreds, but I got dozens of people writing me. And the ones that I immediately filtered out were the ones where I could tell it was just a copy paste email. Yes. They didn't mention our company name. They didn't say anything mm-hmm. about being excited about what we do, ready to support us. And one person seemed like she was maybe that could, could potentially be a good fit. And I asked her a couple of questions and I asked her about how she might be able to help us grow the podcast. And, and she said something like, well, you could, you could use social media. Do you have a social media presence? And I was like, bye. Like the fact that you're even like (laughs) thinking to ask me that I'm like, go look, you know? So if you're listening and you're submitting for a job, personalize that letter. Do not make it all about you. Talk about how 
you're excited about their business, how you could see it going, how you could see it growing, and then talk about how your skills could integrate to make that happen. Don't yes. lead with, I have years of experience with this, and I do that, and I do this, and I do that. Like, let me know if you want to talk. It just comes it's off. It's really like, everybody hard because I like that. think applicants, you get into this mode. I remember applying for jobs where it's very much, pick me, please pick me. Yeah. I need a job. Please pick me. I want to work from home. Ah. And that entire <laughs> energy comes across in everything that you send over. And so the biggest gift you can give to yourself is to step back and have a different perspective of, hmm, am I the right fit for this company? Are they the right fit for me? I'm going to take the time to invest and see, and I'm going to show that to them that I'm investing and in seeing if this is the right opportunity. Now the interview isn't, I need this job. Do I look nice? Please pick me. And it's more of, I have some questions for you too, hiring person. I want to know about your company and about these things too, to know if I want to work for you. And it just completely changes the game in so many different ways. You're more confident. Um, you're more well put together. You're more eloquent. You don't seem desperate. All of that stuff really, really helps. <laughs> Yes. Amen. I feel like we need to do another episode on this. Um, oh, yeah. There's so much material here. It's great. <laughs> I have hired and placed so many team members for both my company and other companies that I could go on and on. <laughs> if you're looking for a community of like-minded parents who know that there is a better way to integrate career and family, I invite you to join our free Slack workspace. Now listen, I know that none of us have time to keep up with yet another platform, or YAP as some people may say, and the good news is that our Slack just isn't like that. It's organized into very specific topics and it should serve as a resource for you to get real-time feedback and answers to your specific questions. We also have a jobs channel where you can keep an eye out for great freelancing and consulting gigs that we come across or that we're specifically hiring for here at Kenza. To join us, head to kenzacollective.com slash slack. It's free and it's easy. I hope to see you in there. Okay, so let's pivot and shift gears here and let's start talking to people who are listening to this and they're like, hmm, actually, I wonder what it would be like for me to be a VA. Um, yeah. Can you walk us through who might be suited for this type of role and kind of what their next steps would be if it's something they're interested in? I always like to say, and we've kind of mentioned this offhand earlier, that being a virtual assistant is such a great step into the online business world. Um, it's such a low barrier to entry because you can really get started usually with some of the skills you already have, but some that you can easily learn. You can even build a portfolio once you've learned them and show that you know how to do it. And business owners in this industry typically, like... 90% or more of the job postings for VAs, they don't care if you have a degree. They typically don't care how many years of experience you have. They only just want to know that you know how to do that stuff that they're hiring for, at least 75% of it. And that I maybe you've done it for people before, which you can do that. You can do an internship. You can work for a family member. You can set up your own podcast to get experience or whatever. Uh, and so it's just a completely different way of working. And it's so great because even if you're like, but I don't want to be a VA forever. I want to like have this do e-commerce business or I want to be a copywriter or these different things that I want to do. It's a first step because guess what? You're probably going to work for an e-commerce business or you're probably going to work for a travel influencer or you're probably going to work for these companies and you're going to learn so much 
so, so much. And even if it's not the exact type of thing you want to be doing, it's still getting your foot in the door and in that path. And then it's just like a snowball effect because then you just get more referrals. You're able to grow your own thing. If that's more of what you wanted to be doing, you get to learn and see like, ooh, I actually don't like doing all these tasks. I really only like writing and I really want to be a content content creator. I'm not even going to call myself a virtual assistant anymore. And so now you have a niche. So it's just such a great step for all of those reasons. And that's why I highly recommend it for people because you get to try out lots of different things with lots of different types of businesses. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned getting your foot in the door as a perk. Um, And what that reminds me of is a lot of times in my early career, I was moving to, my husband was in the military and we were in a couple different locations. And even before we were married, I like lived in Ireland for a while. And um, my kind of the main thing that I always did moving from place to place was I went and signed up with a temp agency. And I would get placed with a temp agency and I would get placed pretty high because I had a college degree and I I had been working in my field, which was film production since I was like 18. And Mm. so I had a a really good experience. Like I was a good person for them, you know? Yeah. And um, sometimes what I would do is research, um, like when we were in DC, I figured out which temp agency National Geographic used. And I went to them and said, hey, I want to work for Nat Geo if there's an opening. And I guess what? I got to work there for a year. Um, But anyway, it's such a good way to get your foot in the door with different companies and and see where it takes you from there. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I really love about what you were saying about, you know, someone who's interested in being a VA. It's not necessarily like, oh, I want to do this forever. It's like a stepping Mm -hmm. stone. It's that first thing that you can grab onto if you're ready to quit your job. Um, Take your skills and just get a couple of clients going to get that client experience, to get your feet wet, to start meeting people, start networking, seeing how this works, and then go from there. Um, I think it's just a really important point to drive home. It doesn't have to be your forever if you don't like it. Yeah. And I think people sometimes try to skip that step. And it's like, there's Mm -hmm. a reason why there's internships. There's a reason why it's called getting your foot in the door. There's a reason why people start somewhere. You can't just quit your job and now you're making six figures as as a blog yeah. writer like it's not how it works there's steps <laughs> that are involved we all got to yeah. put in yeah. our time <laughs> yeah um so let's say someone feels like this could be something interesting for you for them um tell us about your 90-day va program and and what that's like yes i love talking about it but not because yeah. it's just my program but because of the like over five thousand people that we've helped do this from around the world it's my favorite thing yeah <laughs> um, totally So basically what we did is I took the top requested skills that I was being asked for all the time by business owners, and I've turned that into curriculum. And so step by step, we teach you how to do things that people are actively hiring for all the time. And that's the Mm. feedback we get when people hire our students. They're like, oh my gosh, they're so well prepared. I posted this job in multiple places, but I knew who your students were. And then they, after that, they only want to come back to hire my students because they're so well prepared. They know how to do the stuff that people are hiring for. So things like how to write a blog using SEO on topics you're not familiar with for a business owner using their voice. So it sounds like them making all the graphics to go with it and the pins to go with it, having and implementing a Pinterest strategy. Um, Then we help you turn that into social media content. So you're able to make a social media package for both Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, like I mentioned. Um, Instagram includes things like reels. So we include that stuff in there too, and Instagram stories. Um, And then 
We also teach you how to turn that into an email newsletter. So you can send that for clients, how to manage a Facebook community for people who have online courses and programs or free Facebook groups. There's an art to being able to run a community well. <laughs> and so being able to do that for people. And then we also have content on how to create a podcast and manage it completely from start to finish for somebody and to do video editing. The entire goal is that most businesses are hiring out as much content as possible because there is a content monster out there and every week we have to produce so much crap. <laughs> so the content monster, he's always hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're always outsourcing that. So there will always be work in that. And so I teach my students how to take a piece of a coaching call, a piece of a video that was recorded for YouTube, a piece of content, a piece of audio, whatever, and turn it into the blog post, turn it into the social media posts, turn it into a podcast episode, turn it into video for Instagram, YouTube, or a reel or a TikTok or something like that. And so that the business owner just has to create a piece of content once. And then you know how to repurpose it and to turn it into all of that. And the other great thing is if you're like, but I hate writing or you're like, I hate video editing, that's okay. Then eventually you can just focus on a few of those if you would like as well. Or maybe the business owner doesn't need you to do all of those. So you just apply for those types of jobs. So it allows people to be very diverse and offer all of the stuff in 90 Day VA, or they can just kind of pick and choose what they're really enjoying and try it out and then say, okay, I really want to just offer podcast stuff, for example. Um, and so, yeah, it helps people build up the skills, build a portfolio portfolio. And then also we help them get jobs. Like I said, we have jobs that are just for our students, like at minimum 40 to 60 per month that are only for students. So there's always job opportunities and we try and do placements whenever we can as well. So I really tried to create a program that wasn't just here, learn some, learn some stuff. And ha now you have a certificate you can put on your wall. It's like, no, I want you to come out with, I know how to do this work. Here's the portfolio that shows you I know how to do it. And I want to give you a job so you can be as successful as possible in 90 days or less. I love that. That was, I That's don't know great. what I was expecting, but that, that explanation of the fact that you're doing like skills training is so cool. Like that's, that's different than just training people on how to be yes. a VA or whatever. It's like, no, you need to know how to do these very specific things. And, um, that's really what a great approach. That's really a differentiator between my program and a lot of the other ones. A lot of them aren't really teaching you skills. They're teaching you like, okay, here's how to make your Facebook profile and here's how to right. have packages to BB. And all of that's great. And so maybe you already know how to do video editing and you mm -hmm. don't need to learn skills. Fine. But um, we have all that kind of stuff to help you do that too. So it's kind of, I wanted to tackle both because so many people don't have skills and they don't want to just be stuck working at the mall forever. So right. let's get you some skills and then you can be competitive. <laughs> Right, right. I love it. And in the process, build a portfolio, which is also mm -hmm. a great byproduct of the whole thing, it sounds like. That's so cool. So are there other skills besides communications that you teach? Like, for example, I'm in accounting. Um, do you ever teach them any like Excel or any of that? And do virtual assistants do that kind of stuff? Or is that some other kind of job that somebody or is that somebody else that does that? Some virtual assistants will go and do a QuickBooks, the QuickBooks free certification program that they have, or it might cost money, I'm not sure. We also have referrals to other programs, but a lot of times uh -huh. that person's no longer a virtual assistant. A lot of times they're more of like a bookkeeper and they have bookkeeper yeah. clients that they're working with. So sometimes you can find a VA that does do some of that for you. Um, but uh -huh. we kind of tell people um, that's not really the focus of what our stuff is on as much, but you could also hire someone who fulfills 75% of what you need. I do this all the time. And then I'll be like, okay, cool. Go take this training. 
<laughs> so now you know how to do it. Done. And now you can do it for me. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes if you do have some holes that in your hire, but you really like them and they can do most of the stuff really well, then you can just send them to a training and now cool. They, they'll be happy. You'll be happy. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Like going back to our question about how to hire a VA is like, you don't, you know, may not find someone who has the exact skill set that you need, but if you really like them and they seem like a fast learner, like for example, yeah. going back to the podcast manager example, there's someone I'm talking to right now that, um, she is amazing. Like she, her process of just talking to me, she sent me this really cool, um, instead of a questionnaire, like that I just had to fill out what stuff she was wondering. It was like this video questionnaire where she was like, okay, here's my question. And then I could respond in a video. I don't know. Just, it was, it was a cool process. And, um, you know, one thing she was like, you know, I don't have a ton of experience editing video, but she was like, but I'll figure it out. I'll do it. You know, I've been wanting to learn how to do that and I'll take care of it. And I'm like, I love that spirit. You know, like I'm a little nervous, but I'm also like, she's really smart. She's very competent. She'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Yeah. And a lot of times you can start people on a trial. So the worst that's going to happen is that after a few months, it's like, Ugh, this isn't going better. So, okay, we're done. That's okay. Trials are great. I think both parties can value from that because the person who's working might be like, I don't like this either. And this isn't working for me either. So that's why trials are great. Beth, do you have any other questions? This has just got my imagination going because now I'm like, well, gosh, I mean, you know, I need to get myself a VA, get figure out what what it is I need somebody to do. That's I guess my next step is like, what tasks do I want? Um, and then your website, which tell us again what that is, virtual assistant. Yeah, it's virtualassistantinternship.com. And on there, you'll find the links for 90 Day VA. You'll find free resources of like just kind of more about the VA industry going more in depth than what we could cover today. And then that hire a VA button will be there too. So anything you need will be at virtualassistantinternship.com. Awesome. And we have other links too. We have um, Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff that we'll link here in the show notes for all of our listeners if this is something that you're interested in exploring. Yeah. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. If you're, I love to be like, Hey, I heard you on this podcast. I have a question about this and this. I'm always super happy to connect with people that heard me somewhere. It's really fun. Oh, great. Well, thanks for joining us today, Esther. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, it's been really great. Yes. Thank you so much for your wisdom. And again, thank you for doing what you do and helping families and parents out there really take control of their lives and their careers, um, you're definitely making an impact. So thank you again. Oh, thank you. And you guys too. Go team. Go team change the world. Yay. (laughs) Yay for us. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Kenza Collective to stay in touch. And if you have a moment, please drop a review for this podcast so that we can reach more parents and help them create a life and a living that actually works for their families. Have a great day.